So. Are you looking? Yeah. Well, we don't have to look. I'm just looking at myself. Do that. I just like look. looking at myself. Oh, someone joined. That's really fun. Uh, I think it was really funny that there was like, yeah, we're going to go, I'm going to uh, live cast it. And I didn't even think about it. I just thought about just asking, like in general, like, of course you're fine with it. And then you're like, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you let ran me, away. Let me fix up that ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I need that, that ponytail really looking good. I thought it was really good. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is The Bright Side with Mikey and Rachel. I am Mikey. You're not. I'm not Rachel. Not Rachel. <laughs> Wait a minute. What happened? Uh, Rachel is uh, being awesome and fancy and getting a lot of acting gigs late recently and oh. doing a ton of stuff in L.A. And, and we can't Go find... Go, Rachel. I know. We can't find a good uh, scheduling to, to make us come together. But, uh, uh, but we miss you, Rachel, and hopefully we can get you back on here as soon as possible. Um, but just for those who are, are tuning in for the first time on Instagram, I have you guys here, and also I have uh, recording this, and you'll see. You're, if you're listening to it, you know what you're in for. This is a podcast where we talk about Lindy Hop and swing dancing and pretty much anything we like to talk about. Pretty much anything Mikey likes to talk about. I mean, now, <laughs> I mean, like, but it used to be Rachel too, and trust me, Rachel would talk about. Do you like cats? Yeah. Okay, then you're you're good enough, I guess. Okay. Well. <laughs> Good to know. It's a little bit too late. She likes cats a lot, and I'm super allergic to them. Oh, well that's bad. Yeah, or, or as I like to say, I like they they hate me. It's not that I don't, I don't hate them. They hate me. They just want to kill me. They sense things. They do. They sense these things. Oh. Yeah, they're very smart. They can tell when another asshole's in the room. This guy. No comment. <laughs> so uh, this week, right now, uh, you heard her voice already, but we have Natalia. Actually, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be super serious right now. How do you pronounce your last name? I don't even... Rueda. Rueda. Okay, cool. All right. I did say it a couple times, but I was like... Yeah. I think <laughs> most people, most MCs kind of take a take a deep breath yeah. before they pronounce it. So they go, Rueda. Yeah. Or they just go, Rueda. Rueda. They usually... I don't know, but they usually make an effort. They, it's oh, very nice. Okay. Well, it's maybe nice. that's back in Canada where they're like used to like... Putting a little and, emphasis in the on US, it. Yeah. in the US, yeah. Well, Peter, Peter Strom is pretty good at it. Did he? All right, all right, yeah, yeah. that's good. All right, well, as long as he does it, then I guess. As long as the Giants do it, then we know we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, we're also live streaming on Instagram uh, live. Uh, I don't know exactly. I've never used it too many times. This time it seems look looks really nice. We do look nicely framed. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> For those podcast audience members, we're just looking at ourselves <laughs> into the iPhone. Uh, but yeah, that's on there. Uh, so if you guys are listening, I'll probably put on the highlight reel or on the little spotlight part of uh, my Instagram. Uh, but this week, uh, I have Natalia here, and we're coming to you Natalia. live. Natalia Rueda. There we go. There okay, go. Okay, good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> I also have to put like the emphasis on it too. Like I like if I don't like I I shame myself as a brown person. Yeah. It's like those people on the on the news channel. You know? They're like, "Hello and welcome to the Channel 7 News. My name is Michael Pedrosa." <laughs> like they have to like put the extra emphasis onto the end of their last name or else they're like shunned forever, especially now with Twitter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but we're coming to you live from uh Utrecht. Utrecht? Utrecht. 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 You're better at the at the Dan Danish Danish? No. Dutch. Dutch. That too. Didn't say that out loud. I'm doing great today. <laughs> I should have had some of that goddamn coffee too. Uh, but we're coming to you from Utrecht in the Netherlands, where we've been teaching the last three months together for the first time. For the first time. For the first time, our first dance class together was a 
performance Balboa class before that one blues blues class yeah which yeah. was super hilarious because we're both like do you subscribe to the blues dance network and we're both <laughs> like not really <laughs> Okay, great. No disrespect to anybody out there for for the blues scene, but like, uh, just we like to do our own thing. We we do blues like Lindy Hoppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was really like definitely that first like just jumping right into it like that first day, and then like the next week after, um, it was really like immediately I was like, cool, this is gonna be easy, because a lot of the stuff you were saying, I was like, I completely agree. <laughs> completely agree you know I'm, I'm like your hype man if you're like you're like the MC, you're like yeah what's up everybody we're gonna connect today i'm like oh shit we're gonna connect <laughs> that's what i felt like I, I was like i was like i'm the I'm, I'm you were you. a little bit like that yeah yeah, yeah you were a little really bit fun. like that that was really good were you scared at all of them or of you uh, either of you maybe a little yeah. bit oh yeah yeah, because yeah, because you never know. I mean, you're used to teaching alone, yeah. and I'm used to teaching alone, and that um, doesn't necessarily go well when you no. when you have a partner of a who has the similar experience. Yeah. So I thought uh, we might be uh, fighting each other a little bit, but we weren't. It was somehow somehow it worked. Yeah, it was really 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 good, and and it's continually like I definitely have not had a moment where I'm like, uh, oh, have you? Honest and no, it's okay. No, All right, no, cool. no. All right, because if because if we ever do, because the one thing that I I'm pretty sure we talked, we had one conversation before we came out here, and we were yeah, we, we were Skyped on like once. we skype once, mm -hmm. and, and and it was really nice, and I think we talked a little bit about like our like how we approach things, yeah, and we have been really open, and it's been really nice, and we're like if we want to change paths in the middle of a class, we'll be like, hey, like I feel like let's go this way, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the the real if i if i were to say one thing that made this whole uh, experience really good is that we check in with each other yeah. a lot um which is something that you need to do less when you've been teaching with that person for you know a decade yeah. uh, but for us being a new experience uh, it really kept us on the same page yeah. um a good groove with the class and just progressing at a pace that was comfortable for both of us getting yeah. a chance to talk about the things we wanted to talk about, et cetera. Do, are you used to teaching weekly classes at all like that? Well, I used to for the first, you know, 10 years that I taught uh, swing dancing. It was pretty much all weekly. Actually, no, that's not true. Uh, but it was always weekly classes. Mm -hmm. It's been just my, my last few months in Phoenix that I haven't uh, been doing that. That's right. When did you move to Phoenix again? Oh my gosh! I remember <laughs> the I remember the day. It was uh, after ILHC. Uh, I was on August the twenty eighth, uh, two thousand and seven. And it was a it was a nice crisp one hundred and ten degrees outside. Oh oh <laughs> oh, honey, that's no joke. <laughs> oh, that's no joke. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I like that. Uh, and, and that joke never fails. Like in hot places, it's like it's like oh, mm, it's a nice day outside. I'm thinking I'm gonna wear a nice jacket. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Let's go get some hot cocoa, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, you said you said uh, before in Canada, and then where did you live in Canada? Ottawa. So I was in Ottawa time? for eight years, Oof. and they, oh wait, no, I was in Ottawa for ten years, and then I was in Montreal for two years, also teaching always weekly classes. Damn. 
Um, and then I was in Vancouver for one summer doing a dance residency there. Damn, that's so a long time. Three cities in Canada. Because I remember when, when we when we talked a little bit, you were like, oh, you probably have more experience than I do. I was like, no, you probably have more collective hours it's, than I do. It's weird. Yeah. I never expected that, but I guess so. Well, I mean, I guess for a, maybe half of the year, it, let's be more conservative, like, let's say a third of the year, like I teach regular classes for mm-hmm. the past four years only, though. Okay. And that was it. And then before that, it was like, I think it was like 2010, 2009, where I taught like at Atomic for like two years, like straight. Oh, okay. <coughs> but besides that, like it was always on the weekend, like weekend warrior type thing. And it's definitely a different beast. For oh, sure. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I mean, it's when you see your students week after week after week, and then in some cases, you know, for an entire year or more, if they really stick with it, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you have to approach it completely differently because you have to help them grow into the dancer that they, they want to be. Yeah. Well, do you think it's, uh, it's uh, or rather, have you ever worked with a, like a, what is it called? Oh, I lose all my words every time I put a goddamn microphone in front of myself. Uh, ha- have a syllabus. Though. Yes, exactly. A syllabus or a curriculum. Like you worked with both, right? With having one, without having one? Or yeah, yeah. So because... Um, because I was, uh, you know, in, in the management, in a management position at, you know, at my school in Ottawa, I was part of creating our syllabus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was always evolving. Was it just you or was it a bunch of people? No, no, it was me and Byron mainly. Nice. Um, uh, we, you know, started, started the school together. Um, it was his initiative and, you know, I, I jumped on board so <laughs> eagerly and we worked together, um, both as business partners and dance partners for eight years, which was the time yeah. that we had the school. Yeah. And then, so you made up your, your own curriculum. Yes. So Byron had already started uh, a bunch of different organizations uh, in Canada, and he was one of the founding members of the Swinging Air Force in Montreal. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, Byron, ha- he goes way back. The legendary Byron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I, I actually, uh, so Didier Jean-Francois, the owner of the Canadian Swing Championships. Name drop. Name drop. Um, <laughs> he, he, so his name is Byron Alley, but Didier would always introduce him as Byron Alley. Oh, and geez. I thought it was so funny. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Byron had been uh, one of the creators of the teaching syllabus mm-hmm. for the Swinging Air Force. Oh, and so he brought cool. that in to Swing Dynamite, which mm-hmm. was our school in Ottawa. In uh, we, we modified it, we evolved it, and every right. time uh, we had a new teacher come into the school, especially in the beginning because we were few, um, they would bring in their own perspectives, right. and we, we would do a review of the syllabus maybe once a year. Wow, that's awesome. Um, that's really depending. Um, we would check in with our teachers. Okay, how have you been finding the syllabus? Is there anything that you uh, would want to tweak, anything you want to add, anything that you haven't been using? Um, so yeah, in, in, in the end, we had about 25 teachers mm. in our school. Damn. So it was really nice, uh, to get everyone's different perspective. And was that only with Lindy Hop on or things. with a bunch of different stuff? No, no. We taught everything. We taught blues, balboa, collegiate shag, solo jazz. 
Uh, we brought in outside teachers to teach West Coast Swing. In the beginning, um, then Byron and myself, we started teaching West Coast Swing when we started really getting into it and competing mm-hmm. seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we just about did everything. Bam, that's awesome. Did you ever have any pushback from the other teachers? It was like having 25 people as like each one having their own opinion of the dance, like did that, was that horrible? Was that good? Was it sometimes good, sometimes bad? You know, the way the way that we did it was in big part via our common sheets. Um, so at the end of every session, the students would fill out common sheets and that would give us a lot of information. Mm-hmm. But also, and I cannot remember when exactly, but at one point we implemented a f- what we call a feed forward system where teachers would give each other feedback on their oh. classes uh, but but not um, we we called it feed forward because it was a way to say okay we've just taught a session of classes together mm-hmm. um, what do you how did you think it went um, is there anything that I was doing that sort made like it a, a little bit harder for you to teach and sort of like a debrief yes ah uh, that's really cool. So that also gave us a lot of information. Um, And I especially, I was kind of also the social chair of the company. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Um, And I tried to just get the teachers together um, on a semi-regular basis just to get a drink, a dinner, touch base, see how things were going, shoot the shit a little bit. And and we got a lot of information, let's say, in informal ways. So it wasn't kind of like a big board meeting with 25 people all trying to change the system, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the manage it as best you can instead of uh, being outnumbered or something. And, you know, too, <laughs> too many chefs, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, in yeah. the kitchen. It, yeah, it can turn too that way. Yeah. Too many cooks. Um, so here we have not been working with a syllabus. We got to make up our own, which is really nice. How did, you, how did you feel it went? It was good. It, there's something really... I don't think one is better than the other. Mm. There's something really nice about working without a syllabus, and that is that you end up teaching a class that's really tailored to that group that you are teaching in that moment. So if the class is progressing a little slow, then you just take your time, you go into things deeper, you do a lot of review, you give them a lot of dance time. And if they're moving quickly, then you can add things that maybe you wouldn't normally add Mm -hmm. at that level um, because, you know, that's what they need. That's what they want. That's what's going to make them better. So I really enjoyed that. And it also gave us a chance for you and me to bring in our own expertise and say, well, you know, when I've taught this level before, I've Mm -hmm, done this. mm -hmm. And then the other person would say, oh, I really like that. Let's try that. And vice versa. Whereas, let's say if we had been provided with a syllabus from the school, we maybe wouldn't have been able to do that. So, as I said, I really see value in both, both methods with the caveat that you and I both have significant experience mm-hmm. teaching, and so we're not flying blind. Yeah, you know, for for beginner instructors, I would definitely recommend to Absolutely. to just have a little bit more structure. Yeah, so that they don't get lost in the middle of it. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, uh, doing your test with uh, with your textbook, textbook. 
Yeah. You know, like back in the day, like it's like you can only use it if you know where the answers are. But like it's it's there. So that way you're not like left uh, completely out by yourself. Exactly. Um, but it's 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 been funny. It's for me, I felt it more of a of sort of a nervous thing. I get nervous a lot. I don't okay. know if you know this is a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, 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 I feel like I hide it okay. brought me into it. Yeah, I feel like I hide it okay, but like it can come out and it could be weird because it makes me in a different mood. But uh, one of the things, I was definitely nervous about making a curriculum or making a syllabus for uh, a Lindy 2 class, a Lindy 3 class, a Lindy 4 class, two different blues, and then one Balboa class. Like that that seemed very daunting to me before we came That's out here. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah and it just kind of like at the same time, like in charge of like a bunch of people's learning edu- or like education for the next three months of their lives. And that was really scary. But like the thing that it popped in my head all the time was like, I was like, I was like, Natalia has some level of confidence with this stuff and probably much more higher than I, than I am. So I'm like, I can always trust her. I can always trust her. <laughs> so that's why like, I always like, if I couldn't figure out something, I was just like, Hey, what do you feel like doing? And you're like, I'm gonna do this. I was like, cool, let's do it. Uh, like every time it was like super agreeable. It's mostly because I was like, I have no idea what to take them next. Oh, but that's luckily, so that's so funny. I didn't really realize yeah, that at the time. But luckily, I mean, you did. You always had that. And like, it's it's. If I felt differently, I would have definitely been like, nah. But let's do this. But definitely, most of the time, I was like, okay, cool. I, I I did what I could. What's your turn? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm glad I was able to provide some comfort. Oh, fucking save the day so many times. Um, oh, like yesterday. Like, oh, last week, rather. Last Monday. For the for advanced Lindy four. class? Yeah, mm-hmm. the Lindy 4 class. That was, uh, so the most advanced class. So the Lindy 2 class uh, we've had together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lindy 3 didn't have. But there's mm-hmm. really just like small difference between the two. Okay. And then Lindy 4 really goes goes deeper for sure. Absolutely. Um, the dancers themselves are more opinionated they have more to give they have more time to spend on it and uh i felt like last week like we had two more classes we have one next week the last class and it's a two-hour class telling mostly the audience not you obviously you're there so uh the that that we have two hours with them every week so that instead of getting 12 hours for the week they get 24 hours so it's like oh that also got in my head as well that made me super anxious and be like what do i do do for two hours that's Um, that's a lot of uh content that you need to put into that and we've 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 been really i feel like we've been really good not i mean i would be definitely the first one to be like if it didn't feel the, the best but it felt really awesome. It felt really great the whole time. I but really last like week, what we've done with them. Last week, though, when we did, when we came with that that kind of combo, and then suddenly I, ha- I kind of had an epiphany, and you went with it with it. Like I didn't really say it out loud, but I was like, I kind of started talking. And you're like, ah, you're like, you're thinking like lyrical, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly the word. And so we went off we went off that deep end. Like it was really really fun. Uh, uh, I, hopefully for you as well, but hopefully it was it was definitely fun for me to be like, cool, I haven't done this shit in years. And I was telling you, I was like, I haven't done a class like this in so long. Yeah. Yeah. And we use that Billie Holiday song that's uh, in Legato. Do you know what it means? So great. And that hits you. You're like, oh, oh. It's so good. <laughs> that was so cool. So I was, as soon as I had that reaction in you, I was like, yay, we're doing good things. Yeah. I mean, you know, teaching with, with someone new it's always such a joyful experience because, gosh, just doing things your way is your way, as in our own yeah. way, can get boring real fast. Oh, totally. And having somebody to be inspired by and inspired with is it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. And 
and especially with someone who also draws from years of experience, um, you know, it's it's really cool. I think we came up with something fun and a little bit fresh and and maybe hopefully a little bit inspirational because yeah. I certainly felt inspired and I can only hope that some of that also I was experienced by the students. Yeah, I think that's that's the. Uh, uh, the other thing, I think I I I, I dwell deep. Like I kind of I, I kind of see the the idea of a dance like in two pieces. Of course, there's like so many more that you can think of, but like in most of the two pieces of like thinking through the mind, analytical numbers, putting exact shapes to exact holes type thing, yeah. and then uh, the passionate part, which is more like the feelings. What does it make you feel like? What is it? What color do you see? Type thing, you know, like yeah. what, what, what <laughs> that type of stuff. Like when when I think about dancing and teaching as well. So like let's say someone like Ramona is more like the shapes and colors and 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 feelings. Oh, I see that. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And then and then someone like maybe like Kevin is a little more analytical about it, right? Okay. And um, and so like I I I feel like when I started teaching, I was definitely the feeler, but I I I then like really fell off the deep end with more of a thinker same, in myself. Yeah? Same, same, same. Yeah. yeah. When you started teaching, did you were you you started feeling it? Were you like? You just kind of didn't do it. <laughs> no, no. Oh, gosh, I was so nervous when I started teaching. Um, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was way too young and I was only barely comfortable, you know, putting sentences together <laughs> in the English language. <laughs> and. And yeah, I just I just. I, it was super scary to me in yeah. in in the same way that you said you know you felt nervous a bit this summer because you had all of these people people that were kind of under your wing yeah. and you were going to be in charge of their yeah. development for this next little while that's kind of how I felt when I started I thought oh my god what if I teach them wrong what if what if I do a bad job <laughs> and what if they become bad dancers and it will all be my fault yeah, pretty much so even though I came into Lindy Hop um, very much as a social dancer, because when I started, there was no instruction in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I just, you know, danced and followed and kind of tried to figure out how to fit my Latin background into Lindy Hop. Yeah. And it worked fine. But then as soon as I had to start teaching, I thought, I need to know everything. <laughs> what is a rock step? What is the meaning of a rock step? And, you know, in, in, in the angle, uh -huh. in the timing, in the where's my weight and where's my body and what do I think about? And, mm -hmm. and how do I count music? I didn't know people before I moved to Canada. I didn't know people counted yeah, yeah, music. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first year that I started doing Lindy Hop, um, I would tell people, you know, you, you know, I'm from Latin America. You know, I do the Latin dances. I dance salsa. And somebody asked me, many people asked me, but the first time someone asked me, oh, do you dance salsa on one or two? And I said, one or two what? <laughs> and they said, well, you know, you know, like on the music, do you dance on one, on the two? And it took a very long explanation yeah. for me to for me to get it because I had never in my life counted music before yeah. and I was already 16. Shit. I mean, I don't blame you like but also like I feel like that question when people hear us also is like one of the two. It's like it's like this like uh, initiation question. They're like, 
which side are you as well? Like, like answer this question right or else you fall through a trap door <laughs> in the ground. That fucking one-two thing. That's hilarious to me. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of an, another conversation altogether. <laughs> but I definitely felt that people took salsa so seriously oh, yeah. in Canada. And I mean, I in in the U.S., I imagine even more so. But but yeah, my, my feeling about it was, you know, you, you salsa dance when you go out with your friends and you have a few drinks and you're there to have a good time and you're not thinking of you know impressing anybody or anything like this Mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. just there to have fun but but people do salsa for different reasons in north america i think not everybody not everybody not everybody but as a as as a whole i think so we keep we keep like touching on it like what is your background where do you come from who are you (laughs) what is rueda um (laughs) Rueda, Ooh, you know, it's like a thing that rolls. Yeah, it rolls for the for the podcast audience. She's rolling her finger. There we go, like a wheel. That's it. <laughs> um, my background. So, I was very lucky to have parents that kind of um, allowed me to dabble on a bunch of different things while I was growing up. So I grew up in Colombia in a a city called Bucaramanga. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I lived there until a few months before my 17th birthday when I moved to Canada. So in Colombia, I did, um, I was in the volleyball school team for a little while. I did martial arts. I was in um, my school's cheerleading squad for a few years as well. Hold there, please. You dropped this bomb on me the other day in class. <laughs> and I was like, I made a mental note. Like I don't. I heard you say it, and I was like, my head went, like keep that in the in the, in the memory logs for just a little oh, bit longer. Oh no! Are you gonna ask me about pictures? No, I I tried okay. to look for pictures. I don't know if I found it. <gasps> I didn't. I didn't look. I didn't. Maybe I didn't look too hard. But like, God damn it! I was like, oh, I need to ask her about this. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, so what got you into cheerleading? How far did you go? Did you go like full on? Bring it. Bring we- it on. We went to a couple of different competitions and we came in second place at a regional competition. Right. So, so like in state Columbia. level competition. Um, so I, I say I, I gave it. I brought it. I brought it. Um, you brought it on. I brought it on. You brought it on. I brought it on for, for a it, little while. So it's already been brought in because I assume you don't do it anymore. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. No. But uh, but it was it was really great. Um, I was a team captain for one of the years that I was in it. I admired my coach so much. I think part of my work ethic or dance ethic, I don't know how you call it, but... I owe it to him. He just was so inspiring to me and he made us work so hard and mm. he really impressed upon me that you have to respect what it, whatever it is that you do, your, your art, your mm-hmm. sport, and that it demands respect. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get better. That's how you win, for example. Um, so that was... That was super important, I think. Mm. It's super important formative experience. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it, it taught me to be a good flyer because I was a flyer in the squad. So mm-hmm. I the, the lifts it, or I was lifted, rather. You flew. And did, I, I flew. <laughs> um, so when I came into Air Steps and Lindy Hop, that was uh, 
a fairly easy transition. However, I did not know how to land on my own two feet. Because in <laughs> cheerleading, catch you, right? they catch you. Yeah, like one or two people would catch you. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, the control in the air and everything, I, I had that. I just didn't know how to land on mm-hmm. my two feet. Oh, my God. Uh, so I had to figure that out. But But still, I mean, I came into it kind of... <laughs> knowing the yeah. the ropes a little bit i think it's like uh it's like i don't know if you know this reference but it's like ducktales no do you remember, remember ducktales the cartoon about scrooge mcduck and he had he had a private uh, uh pilot and his name was uh, uh launchpad and he had a pro- he had a great flyer but he had real problem landing <laughs> So yeah no i i watched colombian tv shows oh, when i, don't I was even a kid know what that is what yeah. is that what is that like what do you uh, remember? Plaza Sesamo? No, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sesame Street? Street? Yeah, like yeah. In Spanish? Yeah, okay. Uh, I remember Marimar. Was that a that? soap? Yeah, it was a soap. Uh, my parents didn't watch soaps, oh, so I did? didn't either. Oh, my parents no. watched so many. And I, I remember getting into one of or two of them. One of them was Marimar. And I forget the name of, like, she's like a famous, like, pop singer. Oh, wait, well. no, Talia. Yeah. With Talia. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But that's a Mexican soap. Yeah, but I, but was it, was it? I thought it was based in Colombia, though. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't care. You know, I just remember being like, I was like seven years old or something like that. <laughs> just being well, like, she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And the song, Mari, Mar. It sounded <laughs> like super 80s, but it was like early 90s. Um, so what got you uh, from cheerleading or what got you to Canada actually from Colombia? My mom married a Canadian. <laughs> I know. Another one bites the dust. Those darn no, Canadians. <laughs> um, so she had already been living in Canada, I think maybe three years mm-hmm. before I moved there. Oh, wow. With her. Mm-hmm. So I finished um, my sophomore year. Is sophomore the one that comes? The second one. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No. So then the Freshman, one before last. Junior. Junior. Like high school? I finished my junior year of high school in Colombia. And then I I went to Canada. Mm-hmm. And I graduated high school in Canada. Straight to Ottawa or somewhere else? Straight to Ottawa. Dang. So you came in high school. Did you already know any English? Written. But wow. not so much spoken. Yeah. What got you, like, did you start taking lessons or was it just school or was just hearing it a lot? Um, so I think a big part of it, well, I'm, I, I also, uh, you're going to ask me about this, but I also used to sing competitively in Colombia. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, hold on. This is, this is great. This is great. Cause it's, <laughs> uh, even though Rachel's not here, you're embodying the idea of her. Like, cause you do tend to sing a lot in class and yeah. I'm like, it's fine. She's on key. Yeah. It's all right. It's not horrible. And I'm like, I, I what? Think, uh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I have a low bar. <laughs> it's like it's on key. It's not horrible. All right, I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible, but uh, you did sing a couple times, so I was like, okay, well, she's got a good voice, and that's nice. And then just now, of course, like I was like, what are you about to say? Oh my god, we'll talk about that another time. Don't worry about that. Another time, another time. <laughs> but um, so in in Colombia, I don't know if it's still a thing, but it used to be a thing in schools. English song contests so you would it would be a singing contest but all of the entries had to be in English and I competed I started competing in that when I was in grade six so when I was 11 yeah I guess and um 
And so that helped me. So I, I knew how to pronounce the words. I just had no idea what they meant. <laughs> you were just phonetically singing it. Oh, yeah. But full on Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Avril Lavigne, oh, Shania Twain. Oh, uh, was that like, that don't impress me much? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Probably a little better. Uh, a little bit, hopefully a little bit better. <laughs> less, uh, less accent. But, um, but yeah, so... One of the things that helped me was that oh, I already joke. knew how to pronounce the words sort of. Okay, yeah. And I knew how to read them. Mm -hmm. So I just had to put the two together. And also my, my mom, upon our arrival, because my brother came with me, mm -hmm. um, she had a, a no, no Spanish in the house rule. Oh, wow. So we were not allowed to utter a single word in Spanish. And she really encouraged us in school to make friends with the English-speaking kids, mm -hmm. um, even though there weren't any sp Spanish-speaking kids in our school at all. We were the only two brown kids, and so we were kind of a little really? bit magical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we were the only two. Because brown people are magic. Exactly. Yeah, obviously. Um, so there we are. That's, that's, that's cool. how it happened. And then when did you find swing dancing? The day after I moved to Canada. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Because my mom had already started swing dancing, oh. and she took me out the very next day after. Wow, that's we arrived. Cool. That's really cool. It's like, hey, I got this thing you want to do. You should do it with me. And if, what, how old are you? Like 16, 17? Um, just about to turn 17. Yeah. You're yeah. like, okay, mom. Or you got, you're really tight with your mom, though. Yeah. You're she's real tight awesome. with your mom. Like, I, I can tell right away, like, yeah, for sure. Like, if my mom had said that, I'd be like, no, mm mm. Uh-uh. No, lock my door. Just said, wanna talk? Go away. <laughs> no, no. I was I was super happy to go. But that's there. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Cause the same thing with me, because my brother taught me. My brother showed me and then like a, a couple weeks later I was in a class. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It was the same idea. So my brother taught me in a living room like Charleston. But he we were doing like my Charleston. Mom, my mom gave me like uh like a few steps before yeah. we went to the dance in our basement. Yeah, exactly, right? Is that uh, so like It's so funny because it's it's still a very natural way of life, like that, like somebody in your family or dancing in, in the house is like totally okay. It just happens to be totally separate from what we're used to, which is like what you were saying before. It's like at a party, you get together, you do the tropical music, you play a little salsa or merengue or cumbia or something on, and everybody dances. Everybody dances a certain way with partners, like sort of, right? Yeah. And this is a natural thing, mostly yeah, yeah, at parties. Yeah. Absolutely. And then now it's just the context is in a different context, but the same idea. You're at a party, you're dancing with a partner. Now we just have numbers. <laughs> exactly. On the one. <laughs> By George on the one. So what, what made you like really get hooked? Like what was the, do you remember the moment or do you? Oh, I still remember the moment. I still remember the moment. So I actually hated it that first time we went out. <laughs> um, and the reason was that I guess my mom had told everyone that she was bringing her daughter. Damn moms. God darn mom. <laughs> mom, if you're watching, why have you done this? <laughs> actually, I hope, I hope she's watching. I, I posted on Facebook too, just real quick, but we'll see who okay. she pops up. Um, but anyway, uh, mom, if you're watching, I love you. Uh, but that <laughs> night though... Um, Everyone was um, super excited. Oh, you know, it's Claudia's daughter. And um, 
So my mom is 20 years my senior. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the young people in the scene at that time. Oh, my so goodness. So everyone was really older. <laughs> and so everyone was touching me and hugging me and kissing me and talking to me. And I couldn't understand anything. I couldn't understand what they were saying. Maybe if they had talked real slow, right. baby words, right, I would right. have understood. But I didn't. And so I hated it. Fast forward two months and we're walking around the University of Ottawa campus where my mom was getting her master's. And I didn't realize it at the time, but she orchestrated this whole thing because the university swing club was just starting. Mm -hmm. And the two dancers that were promoting it were uh, these two good looking kids. Um, and, and he is now, well, the, the, the guy, he's now a very, very close friend of mine. Um, and they were doing Slow Lindy. Mm. And I saw her do Suevos and I just went, oh, oh. I want to do that. I, I that. have to learn <laughs> how to do that. And she was just so beautiful. Right. And I've told her about this sense that she was the reason I got hooked. Because just seeing her twist like that, mm -hmm. it was just amazing. Wow. And I thought, I have to do this. And then it's today, you know. Yeah. It, it all happened and after so that. And that was just like a couple months into it. That was a, a two months after wow. that first time. Wow, that's And crazy. then I never stopped going out dancing. That's a lot quicker than, than, than I went in. Uh, I think I went into it like as a class, like something fun to do. And then, like, it wasn't until, like, it was actually, like, said to me, it's like, hey, you're doing really good. You should be in this class now. And I was like, I like this now. Like, I don't know why. I just, like, I always felt mediocre with, like, playing soccer. I was like, okay. And, like, I, I wasn't horrible, but I wasn't, like, the best. Or, like, drawing. Like, my brother and my dad are, like, great artists. Okay. And so, like, I draw, too. And I'm like, mm, I was okay. Oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah, I was okay. And then, and then like, uh, I played guitar with my brother for a little bit. And I was like, I was okay. And then as soon as I was like dancing, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm someone said I'm good and I oh, should be in the next level. Nice. I was like, yeah. And so that made me kind of feel like happy about it. Um, but yeah, like my, it goes up and down. It goes up and down. Like all throughout, like just my teenage years is just like a horrible mess of like, uh, of. Uh, Naturally. Of, yeah. Of Naturally. Uh, shitty, weird feelings and like hair growing in places. Right. And then like all of a sudden, like. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden dancing as well. Uh, but yeah, do you do you find that you have to like struggle? Like, do you find that that passion that you first had for like looking at someone do swivels is is, is like waning? Or do you feel like you, you go up and down or, or, or what? Do you feel like your passion for the dance has gone down? Has it gone up? Has it gone anywhere? It Does definitely it ever go? goes up and down. Yeah. It definitely goes up and down. Um, everyone who's been dancing longer than... I don't know, two years has experienced what I call plateaus. Yeah. Say it one more time. Plateau. Plateau. Is that the president? Is that the president of Canada? What was the name? Trudeau. Yeah, plateau, right? <laughs> it is exactly the same word. You're, you're saying plate in Spanish wrong. It's called plato. Just so it you know. It is. <laughs> you, you, you got it. Um, By the way, I tell horrible jokes on this. This is mostly me. If Rachel's not here, it's not going to be funny, so I have to try. <laughs> Are you saying I'm not funny? I never said that. You said it. <laughs> no comment. No. Oh, shit. Damn. Um, this, okay, hold on. Real quick, real quick. Because every once in a while, it does, it does come out 
like uh, uh, like you're like oh yeah you are super brown it's in the eyes and like when you calm down and you're like like that and you said did it to a couple, a couple times in class and I was like not seriously obviously I don't think you I've ever gotten your nerves yet no no but but definitely you have you can jump into that motion and I'm like oh yeah that's what it feels like to have another brown person in the room especially a Colombian like okay <laughs> it's because I'm usually kind of my cheerleading yeah. self especially in, in in class or or something um and then every so often I mean like anybody I can get mad yeah. and angry and yeah you see the flicker eh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and I see the Canadian eh yes and the, so <laughs> and the sorry every once in a while that's good proudly it's, Canadian yeah I mean you're super you're super proud of your heritage of both ends of it that's really awesome uh, but I'm sorry I totally cut you off about like where you feel like you can plateau as a dancer right um up and down um yeah and, it, and it's sparked by different things especially Actually, you know, Matt Ritchie and I had a long, long conversation about what it's like to come into a scene as the baby, mm. basically. And everyone loves you and they're so excited for you and with you and they want to see you succeed. And uh, they're very welcoming and very encouraging. And then when you become an adult and other babies start to come in, you know, you you feel... It's like a chill in a movie, you know, where, where, where the sun goes down and all of a sudden the air is chilly and you don't have a jacket and you're all by yourself. Um, and it's a natural thing, not just in dance, but in life. Um, not to say that it's not tough, you know, it's, it's, it's very tough to go from getting all of that attention mm -hmm. and all that positivity and, and help from people to all of a sudden you're an adult and you are competing for the same resources they are. Yeah. And so they're not there for you in the same way. Um, and it's, it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really tough to overcome that. Um, so that was one of the plateaus for me, for sure. Becoming an adult and being perceived as a, a threat for whatever reason. Right. Um, that but was one of them. And then also like having the, like the emotional resolve to like actually see past that and be like, okay, what am I fucking doing here? Like, it's uh, it's it, as an adult, I feel like you you kind of like have to like, not necessarily know the know the right correct path. At least choose a path and like go down it for a little bit. Like you and now you didn't have to, like you said you don't have that support or strength like of, of people like backing you I up. I do, for that. but it's different. Oh no, I mean right? I mean yeah yeah it's different. You're right. You're right. It's it's different. But like now it's a little more on your own and like mm -hmm. more more uh, related to what you need to be doing and you have to choose and that choosing is a little bit harder before like absolutely like it was definitely easy when I had a dance teacher like always next to me going like you're gonna do this next you're gonna do this and you're gonna do this level you're gonna go to this level because the numbers tell you and you go up in the numbers right like that and or um, I did a little bit of, uh, of ballroom dancing as well for okay. when I was a kid before I really like just stuck with swing I think dancing. I've seen pictures. Did you see the pictures <laughs> like this hand out and I'm like Half dead because I, I I didn't have glasses on. They couldn't let me wear my glasses, oh, no. so I was out there blind. Oh no! Before contact, yeah. horrible. Oh, it was really bad. I could I just be like, just follow the sparkly person in front of me, follow the sparkly blonde person in front of me. Thank God for sparkly dresses. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I mean, like we never went too far. We never went too far with the dresses, so it was nice. But the the, the point the point is is like definitely it was like it was like that. It was like they tell us what to do. We just go out there and do it our best best we can. 
And then when you get older, you're like, you just kind of make up your own your own ideas. Yeah, exactly. And so like you were a teenager when you started too. Like, did you did you ever have like a rebellious phase? In what way? In the sense of like being a teenager and being like, oh, fuck this. Like, I kind of like dancing and I'll do it, but I'm going to do it my own way. Or did you always kind of like have like a bunch of people around or? Um, I mean, I guess. Like, did you experiment on drugs and join a gang? Run uh, away to the like, circus? Like everyone. <laughs> Rebellious. I mean, one of the things that we had in mind, Byron and myself and, and the other people mm-hmm. that were with us in the beginning, one of the things we had in mind for Swing Dynamite was that that youthfulness, um, in really, literally youthfulness, because there were no young kids dancing yeah. Lindy Hop in Ottawa at the time, was missing from the scene. You know, mm-hmm. that, that boisterous energy that kids bring to a party, we... We were that, and we wanted more of us that could bring that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think when I started dancing, the Ottawa Swing Dance Society had already been around for nine years or so. So they were around a while, but mm-hmm. they were all, you know, adults that were doing this once a week, and they had lives that didn't really have much to do with dancing. Uh, there were two teachers. Um, that had been doing lessons before, uh, Jeff and Andrea, but at the time they were on kind of a sabbatical. I don't remember if Andrea was maybe pregnant at the time, but for whatever reason, they weren't teaching at the time. Mm. So maybe you can think of that as rebellious, but I saw it as, you know, we, we, we love this dance. We want to see it go the distance Mm -hmm. as it were. So we need the kids that are going to carry on the torch, you know? And so we helped out uh, with university clubs. Byron and I started teaching in high schools. Uh, We even taught at uh, kids, like real, real little kids, summer camps and stuff like that. Uh, We had a teen swing Mm -hmm. uh, class as well, um, ongoing. So... I think most. So, of, yeah. I think most of the things that I, when I, when I say like the rebellious thing of it, I make it sound bigger than it really was. But it's more like when, um, since I had started so young, like I was like oh, oh preteen, and then I became a teenager, and then like, like all those weird things hit me all at once. Where you you like the things you like, uh, but at the same time you kind of want to like. Um, abandon the man like fuck the man like i don't, I don't care what my parents mm. or adults tell me something like that but like it's just something that i that i find that like not i thought it was only me like obviously not lo- everybody goes through this because it's just everybody's different but i do see some kind of correlation with that in the sense of learning something that you love and then like sort of losing the respect for it like how you were saying earlier like oh, losing the respect I for see. it but still having the love for it but not respecting it outward right you know I think the opposite happened to me mm-hmm. because of the fact that we had the school. Yeah. I went from being But also your kind cheerleading, of a, cheerleading background with your coach and kind of already having that underlying feel over there. But you know it was more it was more about the school because when I started dancing, I was just I was just the girl that would dance every song mm. at the social dance and would always ask everyone and would always <laughs> go for milkshakes after <laughs> and just super excited <laughs> about everything. And we're Canadians. <laughs> we're, we're good people. Milkshakes we're good and poutine. Milkshakes and poutine. Unbeatable. Um, <laughs> and then we started the school and I felt that I had to get really serious, you know, especially being young 
being a woman, being an immigrant, having an accent. I just felt like I had to be ultra, ultra serious so that people would would be willing to learn from me, you know? How much did that actually play into it? Like, I'm like, it, does it go any deeper like than that? Like the being an immigrant, being a person of color, being being there, like sort of like being a woman and proving having to prove yourself. Do you feel like those are the factors that you were already thinking of, or do you, is it kind of in hindsight? I was very aware of it. Yeah, yeah, I was very. I felt. Um, I mean, most of my students, especially in the in the beginning, were at least twenty years my senior. Um, they were all, you know, white. English or French mm -hmm. speakers. Um, and then I, I felt very small with, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bi very big person. <laughs> You're in already mass. tiny. Yeah. Um, and I have a small voice, even though I, I can project. Yeah, but can. even so, and, you know, the accent and, and I felt like I had to be just go beyond and be super serious and super professional. Mm -hmm. So that I maybe I wouldn't feel like a phony, maybe. Like to yourself, or do you think it was from the outside, the outside like pressure, or was there any outside pressure? I think it was more something that I put on myself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it was all just myself, but a big part of it probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see. I I mean, I can see where your mom was trying to help you, like trying to assimilate as fast as possible to the new surroundings and being there and like saying like no, no Spanish in the house or something. Uh, but do you think that had any negatives or positives on, on the outlook of life afterwards? Or do you, because it seems like it's like it pushed you and you already had that mentality, obviously being, a, being maybe a family trait. But like, it just seems like that also kind of pushed you to be like, okay, I need to be, make sure that I, I'm, I'm perceived like in a certain way. Definitely positive because it just, it skyrocketed my comfort level with English. Um, if there was a negative, other than, you know, sometimes wanting to relax at home and <laughs> speak in my native language. Um, other than that, I, I really saw it as a, a positive. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's really good because like a lot of the times, like I think I didn't perceive that any of that until much later in life. Uh, the idea of being professional, the idea of uh, being a person of color, the idea of, of maybe not being the only person in that room that's not white. Yeah. Like I didn't really notice that before, but I always knew there was something. Oh, like there was always like always something that set me apart and, and I didn't really place it like that even in school. Like I was like one of like uh, um uh, a couple of uh, like maybe Latino kids in, in in my classes. And then of course at some point there was more and then I was like lumped in that that group and then I was like, "What? What do you mean?" Like why is that a thing? Okay. Like I remember I remember that like not understanding that when I was y really young. Not like dance class, but like regular primary school and stuff. And I just kind of thinking about it, but not really acting on it. Um, but now, nowadays, do you, do you feel like any, do you feel anything as being a woman in, in, in charge and being a woman that is leading classes like this? Like you said, like you're mostly used to teaching alone as well. Like, do you think that's uh, uh, something you actively pursue, like to show people or do you, you just kind of it just kind of happens and you have to you have to do what you have to do mm. or maybe a little bit of both or something different there's a lot of little questions yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to okay. figure out which one i want to answer time. um so just to kind of clarify um 
I have done a lot of teaching by myself, but also a lot of teaching with a partner. Right. So, you know, Byron and I taught together right. in our school in in Ottawa for eight years. And then my partner, uh, Zach Richard, in Montreal, he and I taught those entire two years that I was there, we taught together. Yeah. Um, but then I did a three-month residency in Vancouver when I where I taught mm-hmm. by myself. And then three months last year in another Dutch city where I taught by myself. Um, and then in uh, different, different situations, I've yeah. also taught solo classes, obviously, by myself. Right. But do I feel like that plays into it? I don't. Um, and I think a big part of it is that I have grown to be confident enough in myself. Enough, not completely, but right. enough. That I, that I feel that, you know, I have, I have studied this and I have worked so hard to be a good teacher and I continue to work hard mm-hmm. at it, that I feel what I have to say matters. And if the students are not interested in learning from me, that's, that's okay, but that's not on me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Um, plus I, I feel very comfortable talking in English as, yeah. as you can see in that place apart in it as well. I think one of the, one of the things as well is, is that from what I can see is a, uh, to see partially where, where that question was, was coming from was that sometimes when we separate in class or we, like you take the group, I was like, I can see like, there's like no doubt in your mind at all. Like it's like totally fine for you to lead completely a class or totally fine if I'm like out outside or talking to somebody like you continue going like I see that in some people when I teach with them but like I see it like even more so with you like it's just kind of like just what I got to do and like okay. I'm just doing it like that's what it seems like so there's a lot of confidence built up there so it's a, it's a complete positive and it's a complete good thing and it's just like wow she must be really used to doing this by herself you know like absolutely ready to take charge at any second maybe in, yeah, a, in like in like a good way not in like an overbearing way not mm. in like not in any kind of negative way it's completely in a good way where so I'm just like Damn, that's good. And and I notice that trait because I can see it in myself sometimes where I'm okay. like used to, and that's the correlation correlation for, for teaching by myself a lot of the times. Um, do you feel any kind of like feeling of like you have to be a role model or do you ha- or do you like being that kind of idea that people can possibly look up to in the sense of teaching or performing or dancing or or just being another like like person that is up there and, and kind of doing it doing their thing? See, that actually makes me nervous. Um, because again, coming back to the respect, I respect Lindy Hop so much dancing as an art form, um, entrepreneurship as a lifestyle. Um, and, and so for me, as soon as you're out there in any, in any capacity, even if you're a beginning instructor, um, maybe teaching in a small city, as soon as you're up there, people are already going to consider you a role model. Mm-hmm. If not the utmost role model, you already are. Um, and I think that that is a, that is a load to bear um, because it's up to us to help the growing community and as I call them, the babies, mm-hmm. see the 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 dance for what it is and teach them to respect it and to love it. 
Um, and that does make me nervous. And I, I, I catch myself sometimes being aware, you know, what what am I saying to my students when I go out to a dance night and, you know, I'm feeling a little bit tired. Um, it's been a long week of teaching. My feet are a little bit tired. I kind of just want to listen to music, mm -hmm, dance mm -hmm. a few songs, chat with my friends. And I'm very aware of the fact that maybe some people will see that as my being elitist or antisocial um, or something. Antisocial or, or this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it makes me nervous because for the most part, I want everyone to have a good time right. and I want to give some of myself to the atmosphere and, you know, make an effort to dance with people and, and chat with students and see what, what's going on with mm -hmm. them. But as you know, very, very well, it takes so much energy to do this all the time. Yeah. And I think it's the it's the common idea, and like I don't uh, rather before I go into my things, do you think it, that that feeling or the awareness of 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 the nervousness you feel uh, is that a newer thing, or is that a thing that's been there for a long time, or is it like you're just now able to think about it and quantify it and kind of say it out loud? I think I understand it much better now, hmm. and um, I think you and I touched on this before in a private conversation of being. Accept, accepting it, you know, yeah. being okay with the fact that, you know, there's only so much of ourselves that we can give to others. And at some point we just need to take care of, of ourselves. Yeah. Um, I was always aware of it. Um, and that's a big part of being a scene leader, you know, back, back in Ottawa, I, I really wanted people to associate the, the, the management of Swing Dynamite as social, fun, kind, good people. Right. Um, so I was always aware of it from from the get-go, I think. That's really, it. yeah, for, for me, since I never got into the uh, teaching or the um, kind of organizing or scene leadership uh, at the beginning, um, I didn't see the, the use for that. And I didn't see the idea of co creating something bigger and around you. So not only right. is it just dependent on you, you're just a facilitator and other people hopefully gain that, that feeling off of you. I think I see it obviously a lot more during the teaching and uh, just being a dancer. Um, I've only really seen it in the last three years for myself. Okay. <clears throat> but everything you said, I, absolutely, it's the same idea. Like going to a dance. I remember people going up to me and being like, why do you come to a dance if you're not going to dance? I'm like, just being social part of the social dance. Yeah. Yeah, like just hanging out with friends and like watching people dance is also really fun for me as well. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think I think at some point, like um, for me at least, um, I'm not gonna speak for you, but uh, if you want to chime in on this, like I think a big part of it is is like the role model or maybe um, ideas, I idealization, idolization rather, and and kind of like looking up to dancers like should only be kind of like it should be a separated thing. Like it's like you're you're. You're impacted by their um, their art form, the things they're saying in the class, and like the things they're presenting, and and, and just one side of them, not the whole side, because that you know whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's someone else that's that that says they're a professional in this dance world, um, it should just be perceived as that their art, and then there's the real person that they really actually are in the sense of 
um, their problems, like, you know, like maybe they're thinking about their mortgage, maybe they like the maybe they had a flat tire today, or like, you know, like all mm-hmm. the natural things that happen to us as people. Like I, I feel like that should also be not necessarily separated to be like, okay, you need to separate it, but like it's just needs to be seen as one side of you or one one part of you. Uh, uh, us in general, and, and and that way people can can work around it themselves, as opposed to like they are that they are only this, and that is exactly. only one sided, and that's that's it. Like they're only a dance teacher, and then when they're done talking to us, they just go into a closet and then not speak until I see them again. You know, like uh, I, I think there needs to be like that that definitely um, changeover um, that I definitely fell into a long time ago. I think we all fell into it in the kind of sense of. of um, of seeing people for for their art form and thinking they're amazing people, right? And then the the glass shatters and everybody's like, oh yeah, no, they're actual humans, yeah, and sometimes exactly. they have super crappy days yeah. and in super crappy moods, or they're super crappy people, and we just never really know. But maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, why did it turn off? Cool. Oh, uh, for the podcast people, I'm just like noticing that my live video ended after however many. Minutes of going, it just kind of ended. Okay, that's fine with me. I'm fine with that. That's fine. We'll leave it over there. Um, okay, cool. Like I, I, I really, really want to touch on this, and I've kind of touched on it before. And then we're gonna get to the question, mm-hmm. um, or we'll get to the question just a little bit too. But um, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff that that we were talking just now is like is definitely a little bit newer for me, and I'm always kind of like kind of processing the idea of it. But especially when it comes to um, being a person of color and being around in the dance scene, like for me, I think, and, and please chime in, like I, ca- I can't really form a question other than just kind of like state this opinion of mine, at least, is that more so lately because it's been a thing in the United States a lot more, um, I've become more aware of it, I've become more sensitive to it, and the idea of a lot of the times being in, in the minority uh, of like a dance class or a dance uh, party night or anything. And then it's heightened even more when there's other people of color and they come up to me and they say hi or they, they, they say thank you for being another person out there like me or maybe even a bigger person, not, not necessarily being like the tall, slender guy at, at a dance. I'm just right. like a shorter, rounder person. Yeah. And, and I'm totally okay with that and I'm totally great with, grateful with, for when people are able to say that to me. Um, but do you, do you think that that is something that you would like to promote, that, that you would be like, hey, you can do this dance and you can be any color you want or any size you want and you can still do it. Yeah, you know, even more than that, um, I would say that for the existing, the few of us existing brown people, um, f- few is a relative term, yeah, of course, yeah. but... Um, I think it took me a really, really long time to realize that, I mean, I knew that I wasn't white. I'm not a white girl and I don't move like a white girl. Mm -hmm. Um, But but it took me longer to realize, you know what? I'm also not black and I don't move like a black girl. I'm I'm this other thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's fewer examples even because i can't even look at the hells of popping girls and think oh yeah that's 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 me right there i can't see myself in them so there's even fewer role models for us um so i think for for those of us to just i i would like to say i guess 
that it's totally cool to be neither one nor the other. We're this other thing and even within our own group, our own thing as well, yeah. right? Our own individual thing. Would I like to see more brown people um, doing Lindy Hop, doing Baboa, doing blues? Absolutely. Um, just because why Why not? Yeah. You know? And we already, especially for those of us Latin Americans, we've already mostly grown up with dance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that we did um, with our grandparents, with our aunts, with our uncles, with, with, with each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we watched our parents uh, dance at the, you know, Christmas parties yeah. and New Year's Eve parties. <laughs> and by the way, I just have to say, to let it stand on record that my mom and dad were the kind of dancers that they would uh, draw a crowd and people <laughs> would open up on the dance floor and give them more room and they would watch them dance. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching this and thinking, holy crap, I have the coolest parents wow. ever. That's so cool. Uh, my mom especially is a fantastic dancer and uh, she, she can't dance anymore because of mobility problems. Mm. But up until the moment where that started, she was uh, in one of my Lindy Hop competitive teams doing air time. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> mean? Awesome. Like amazing. Um, so, you know, we, we as Latin Americans, we, we have this in our blood, if I can say. Um, and I would love to see what would happen if that kind of dance background mm -hmm. becomes bigger in the Lindy Hop community yeah. or Balboa or Blues. Or, yeah, all, all of them, all the swing dance communities, I think, uh, uh, can use that. And, and it's just become more relevant, obviously, because it's more in, in the kind of um, the zeitgeist of everybody in the dance world and the around the world where they're trying to discover what that means. And I think you hit really good ideas. Like, you can be a part of a group, whether it's the, the shade of, or the pigment of your skin or within that group, you're still an independent and you're still in that exactly. kind of zone. And then like even further, like you have to find what that is for yourself. And I think if, if us doing up there and doing like a demo or doing a routine or being teachers and teaching together and, and like promoting ourselves as such and being proud to be, to be whatever our Latin American selves, like I think that is also empowering for people to see as well. Exactly, and, and and I don't see it as a as a promotion for promotion for hire me. It's I see it as a promotion as we as a people uh, are trying to come together and show you that we can be part of this. And and if you're thinking about it, then here is, a, is another great example as to where you can probably t possibly take it. Exactly. You know, it's like taking, exactly. taking the same idea as like a dance. Like we would do that for anybody for the dance. It's like look what we've done with our dance. It's like look what we've done with the dance, and we look like this, and we kind of look like you. <laughs> I, I I I pose it to this like people like this like Black Panther when it came out. Yeah, that movie like really touched me emotionally. Like I completely cried when I watched because it was just a beautiful thing to see so many, um, um, such a great and talented cast of people, artists, uh, uh, take a comic book that has been so for for so long just a joke, and taking it and making a real amazing piece of art, and then having them be portrayed as strong and confident and in power and in um, intelligent and they, and not just a sidekick. Right. And I think it hit me even more when I was like, w as a kid, 
watching Power Rangers, and I never wanted to be like the Red Ranger. I never wanted to be the Blue Ranger. I never wanted to be the other guys. I wanted to be the Black Ranger because he was closer to my color. Wow. And that was it. That was it because I was like, I look more like him. I would be him. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so like it's stuff it's stuff like that that like is very powerful and it's like if if it's a kid or if it's even an adult who just needs a like a little a bit of extra support like us being up there or anybody being up there just like just doing the thing that they love to do and and sharing it with everybody like if that's part of it that's even, that's even better and I always want to find a way to encourage that even more. But yeah. Uh so uh let's go to the question. Question of the day. Question time. Uh, so we're at, we're at, we're at six o'clock. We, we okay. We're leaving like in a half an hour, right? Yes. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Today we have our question. It's an old, old question from like way back in the archives. Old as time. Yeah. But we haven't answered it. We haven't even tried to go for it. And this is from, uh, Lauren Cryer. Uh, her question, how can local people continue to build a swing scene with their own community after traveling swing dancers or expats have since left that community? This is, I mean, I chose this, obviously. We, we chose this together because, like, we're in this swing scene in Utrecht, and, and we're like, we're about to leave. Sadly. I know. 12 weeks with these people, man. It's, they've, they've definitely grown. Uh, but what are some things that you would like to impart to the Utrecht dancers or anybody in general, like, after they take lessons or how to continue their education or anything or continue to build the scene? So, it, I mean, it's funny to be talking to you about it because you have lived it with me. Um, one of the things that we've tried to, one of our themes, let's say, that we've brought up week after week is communication. Communication between them. Because I think that that's how we get better no matter what the level. So when you're in a scene, however small or big, and you have... Uh, for some amount of time, uh, an experienced instructor, and then they leave, what I would encourage the, the students is to, to do, that was a weird sentence, um, I would encourage people to take whatever they learned and bring it to the workshop, to the working table, to the, the drawing table, and say, okay, we, which were the things that we liked best? Let's work on those. Which things did we not understand? Let's, let's try and do this together. Let's try and, and fix it together or, or, or break it apart and make sense of it. Um, what were the things that we didn't like and why? So let's figure that out together. And then from here, where can we go? So how far can we push these ideas that our teachers have left with us um, and even beyond that just on a creative level if you have a partner whether it be two leaders one leader one follower two followers um, just picking a subject a movement a theme of any kind and playing around with it we we use the analogy of locking ourselves in a room with one toy yeah. and seeing how many different games we can invent with this one mm -hmm, toy. Mm -hmm. Doing that with any theme, with any aspect of the dance will always give new ideas. It will bring out new questions, maybe some answers. 
it will keep it will keep uh, the creative juices flowing. I completely agree. I completely agree, one hundred percent. Everything you said, and then on top of that, like to, just to take it one step further, like um, in the performance aspect of it, like not even just to perform, perform, but like to uh, get together with other people and like make a choreography. Yeah, and understand it, or like we gave them a choreography uh, with with our classes on Thursdays, and. I would. Uh, we're gonna say this to them tonight, and hopefully, maybe next week when you have them, is that it's theirs now. Like they can feel free to teach it to a whole new group of people right. and try to perform it. And even even if that, like, it doesn't have to be the same. If they like whoever takes it over, they can just make it whatever they like. I'm not gonna take offense to that. Like it's completely theirs now. Right. Like uh, we had it. We built it with them in mind, with those specific dancers and all that kind of good stuff. So I think I think the the thing that we want I want to impart on people when when we leave is to everything you said is to continue their education, continue the way they work on their dancing, respect it and love it. And and the way to show respect is to actually treat it like it's a craft and treat it like it's something that you need to work on. And, and, and it's something that you can get geeky about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean one of the one of one of the dancers here, uh Elian. Ilya? Ilya. Yeah, like he's so he's uh I remember his name because it sounds like alien because he's such a strange person, but also like and not a strange person. He's not a strange person. He is very quirky, quirky. Yeah. yeah. And I actually love him because like he, he, at first I thought he was going to be in the classes and I thought I was going to, he's going to be a certain way. And I was like, Oh God, I'm gonna have to fight him or, or like, I'm gonna have to like, you know, like be like, Hey, calm down or something. But actually he came up to me like after the second class, like right before you came here and he was like, I didn't know you could be so nerdy about it, and I really like it. Oh, and yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah. So that's when I found out like what kind of person he was. He was just like never told that he could really geek out about it like before. Like he he loved it, and he thought it was like the funnest thing and the funniest thing he could ever do. And and he dances that way. And and I, I think I think he he knows he knows that he would love to learn the thought process behind it as well. Right. And so I, I think that's 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 really great. So like you said before, like work on the things you appreciate, things you that you really like, and then and then hopefully it spurs new questions and maybe some answers. Um, but get together. It's about the communication, it's about the community, it's about giving it to each other. I mean, this is a partner dance. Like for the most part we can do this alone, but like we cannot do this without anybody else. Somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of the encouragement and I think uh, as as uh, traveling dancers and, and, and maybe like uh, outside the community that comes into it, we've done a pretty good job of explaining that to everybody where we're like, hey, when we leave, like, here's what you can do. Mm-hmm. Like rent a space between like one, two, all of you and like just do one hour a week that's not at the party or the jam or whatever thing at nighttime or not during the class. It's something different. Yeah. And and I think that can be really empowering, and and then not for everybody, as with the same same thing. When if you're the just the type of person that's just gonna go there and just be like, this is just something fun for me to do on Tuesday night or a Friday night, great. Yeah, as that's long as totally you understand okay. that and what that means to you, it's yep. gonna be it's gonna be very empowering. And I'll go back actually because there are some tips that I would give for during the time that this instructor or a couple of instructors are in town is. One, take notes. I know that a lot of people, especially with smartphones now, take recap videos, mm-hmm. but those just end up in a folder with 150 yeah. other recap videos and then and then they get forgotten yeah. a lot of the time. But taking notes, first of all, you will remember things better when you write them down. Mm-hmm. That's just a thing, right? That's yeah. how we studied for tests in school. Yeah, exactly. 
but also you tend to write the things that really stick with you and not worry about the other things that will maybe not be useful at the time or ever at all. But at the very least, if you write down the things that, that made an impression of you, then at least you will have that. Yeah. Um, whereas with a recap video, you may look at it, you may not. Um, so taking notes, maybe at the end, of, actually ideally at the end of class, but also once you get home or the next day when you have time and say, okay, what did we work on this week? Mm -hmm. What stayed with me here? What questions do I, I still have on this material? And then at the end of, of the time, whether it be weeks or months, then you have this textbook. We talked about that yeah, before exactly. that you can study and review and you have all this information. The other thing is also to encourage some amount of teacher training during the time that the instructors are in town. Um, just answering questions on, hey, how do I teach this better? Hey, I, I find it really difficult to teach this topic. Or, hey, how do I deal with students that are disrupting the class? All of those things. Teaching is not easy. I mm -hmm. mean, people go to college yeah. for it. And a lot of us, I, I would have loved to have gone to to, to college for something Dance, like that. Um, but, you know, I didn't get a chance to do that. So I did my learning by observing other people teach. Um, but when you get a chance to talk to an instructor and, and, and get some guidance from them, it is so very valuable. So if there is a chance that you can organize something like that with your local school or with the people that are organizing the the event or the dance residency, then I, I would highly recommend it. That's a, that's a great note. I think if, if I can like sum it all up, all the things we said now for this question, is basically you have to make, you you have to take the information that, that whatever teacher give you, whether they're traveling teachers and they're here for a little bit or they're your local teachers, and you have to do something with it. You have to take that information and do something with it. Yeah. If you don't do anything with it, then it's just it's just going to sit there. It whether dies. Whether you write a note, whether you, whether you, watch, whether you watch a movie or rather uh, whether you take a recap video, like it's still what whatever you make of it. Uh, exactly. And and that sort of that sort of mentality as well has I think we talked about this as well or we touched on it a little bit is 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 the mentality we take into classes. It's like we're gonna give you what we know works for us, and and it's up to you guys if, if you guys want to do something with it or not. And if it's or not, then it's no skin off our backs. Like we're fine. Okay, yeah. we're okay with that because like that's up to you. But hopefully you will like one thing out of the that of like the twelve hours we talked to you and like one thing and maybe that takes you somewhere else and makes you ask a bunch of questions or and you find your own answers but it's still up to you guys to do that old thing that one thing and remember this dance does not have a lot of rules like like it's just be good to one another and try to find that really good dance and still dance to music a and it's when you think of it very simply like that there's you know the limits are boundless exactly so oh this uh podcast is called uh uh Yes or no, have you ever listened to this podcast? Did you even know I had a podcast? I did not know That's that. That's okay. It's fine. Don't worry. It's fine. I'll cry later. You so <laughs> uh, so I am the wiser now. <laughs> so it's, it's called The Bright Side because at the end, no matter what we talk about, good, bad, whatever, we say what our bright side is for whether it has to be due to this podcast itself or just in life in general or whatever. So, Natalia, what's your bright side? 
Can I go second? Yeah, you can go second. Okay. Yeah. I think my bright side is that uh, I'm I'm very happy about being here in Utrecht, and I'm very happy with uh, with every the way everything went. And working with you was absolutely amazing. And and all like the little demos we did and everything were seriously some of the funnest demos I've ever had. And um, yay. Um, and then on top of that, like all the the work we did together, I learned a lot from you. I learned a lot from the people here. Um, yeah, I think it was just, it was just really, 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 really great way to kind of like cap off all this like chapter long chapter of my life, and it, it feels really good. So long chapter, my, my goodness! Yeah. Wow, that is bright. Yeah. That is nice, lovely. Um, my bright side. How how great that we got a chance to do this at the yeah. end of of a super just. I'm allowed to swear. Yeah. A super fucking awesome experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I don't swear usually when I'm angry. It's when I'm really excited yeah. that I get uh, that I get like this a little bit. Um, yes, yeah, I said, you know, teaching with someone new is can be such a joyful experience. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely was uh, in our case um, in while we're being candid. Um, I was a little bit nervous. Yeah. I was a little bit nervous I because was too. I was too. because I actually admire you as a dancer and uh, and I wanted to be a good partner for you um, and it, it turns out that uh, while I was trying to do that you had my back the entire time and it's it's so nice to work with somebody who has good work integrity who cares about the students who is a really thoughtful partner, I felt, not just in class, but also on the dance floor and in life in general. And uh, it, it makes this job so much more fun when you have the opportunity to work with somebody like that. So the bright side is that uh, this has all been pretty much wonderful. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's a great bright side. Um so everybody out there, you can catch us uh, on here on this podcast. We have it on iTunes. We have it on Google Play Music. We have it on SoundCloud. You guys can check us out all on there. I would like to send out a special thanks to Yoyanaka, uh, who's uh, walking around here probably somewhere uh, for letting her letting me stay at her place all these last three months. And Ooh. we're using her, her house right now, her lovely house in Utrecht, to record this podcast. Also, a big thanks to... Um, Alexis and Andrew for letting me use their uh, borrowing their sound equipment so we can actually do this stuff uh, this uh, this fine fine summer day. Um, so yeah, you can catch us on there. And you and 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 say it in the microphone. What do you say? You can say it in the microphone. What do you say? And a big thanks to <laughs> Swing in Utrecht yeah. for bringing Mikey and I together after many years of saying, "Oh Seriously. yeah." At some point, we should do something together. We're like, you're and brown. I'm brown. You're Colombian. I'm Colombian. We could. We should dance. We should dance. See you in 10 years. <laughs> we finally did it. Yeah. Thank you, Swing Utrecht. So thank you guys very much for listening. Um, and uh, yeah, have a great day. Bye. Bye. I feel like I didn't say fuck a lot, so fuck.